Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dawson D Show. Today's special guest is Tammy Ruse. Tammy is an empowerment master, intuitive healer, an Amazon best-selling author, and she's been changing people's lives for over almost 20 years as an expert in meditation. We could have chatted with Tammy for hours about the power of the breath and why every single one of us should be blocking out time in our day to meditate. So many of us often think that meditation looks like being in a yoga-type pose, chanting out loud with candles and incense burning around us. It was incredibly eye-opening to hear how simple it really is and how incredible this practice is for our health. Tammy drops so many wisdom bombs in our chat, including what exactly is meditation, how to meditate, how to start meditating, the importance of creating time in our day to do this, why we need to take responsibility for our own health. Don't forget the incredible health benefits of meditation. That was really mind-blowing. And she also shares with us her morning routine and how she meditates, as well as why we should all treat our mind like our mobile phones and ensure we are recharging it the right way every single day like we would our phone. We also discussed overcoming skepticism, the impacts meditation has had on the people around her, the key pillar that meditation has been in the longevity of her marriage with Paul, and the power of manifestation, envisioning what you want, plus so much more. If you already meditate consistently, maybe you've dabbled in it, or perhaps you tried but think it's way too hard for you. Tammy's gentle nature and beautiful vibrant energy is enough to think more seriously about this life-changing practice. Enjoy this one, everyone, and please remember to share this with a friend if you think they would benefit or enjoy it, and don't forget to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. Without further ado, here's our chat with the one and only Tammy Ruse. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy, and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs, and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Good morning, Dee. How are you feeling? I'm feeling very excited. We're going into an area that you're a bit more aware of than I am. I've dabbled, but I can't wait to learn today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excited. I think today's topic, which is going to be probably a lot on meditation, I only really came across it because of our guest and and through my previous job. But our guest today is Tammy Ruse, who is a a meditation coach and a a mindset expert, I guess you could say. Tammy, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you, Tammy. Um, probably the best question to get started with is, where did your spiritual journey even begin? Oh, I actually really, you know, I have to say, I really even like the fact that, that you've identified it as a spiritual journey because so many people don't look at it that way. But in essence, that's what this is. It's a real journey when you start to have an awareness of what's going on on the inside. So my journey began in 1999 in a really, um, I guess, more in a formal capacity. Paul and I, my husband, we went off and learned primordial sound meditation in Australia here. And, you know, it was at that point in time where it was almost like never look back. So I just took to it like a duck to water, so to speak, and realized this is this missing link. What it allowed me to do was to really quiet my mind. And it allowed me to actually have, I guess, more of an understanding of what I liked and what I didn't like. Things that you just, you, you think, well, that's you know, you sit back and when I'm working with people, I said, oh, where's your passion or what's this? And a lot of times people don't know how to answer it. 
And the being, I guess the reason for that is we don't have that awareness of going inside. So once I started that journey and really started tuning into what do I need? What do I want? What do I like? What do I dislike? How are my boundaries? You know, am I a yes person? And I was a chronic yes person. And I didn't realize it until later that I always said, yes, I was like this people pleaser. And the only thing that happens with people pleasers is you become depleted. You feel really resentful and you're actually angry at yourself the whole time for always saying yes. So it was all these things that started happening at once when I really started having a consistent and regular meditation practice. And it really reconnected me to, to I guess, what, what I call my inner world and having that inner awareness and the ability to then go, okay, you know, we do have all of our answers within, but we have to be quiet enough to actually hear it and listen to it rather than being bombarded by all these outside influences. You mentioned the years, so 1999. Like it sounds like you were, we were talking about this last night, Tammy. Yes, all the like meditation, spirituality, it's all the rage at the moment, 2021 all over social media. There's so many experts out there now on this kind of topic. 1999, I'm sure you might have had some, I guess, weird looks from people or you're getting into an industry before it was even the industry. Like, can you share with us what it was like actually experiencing that then? Well, it it was like most people, myself included, I'll be really honest here. When I went off to learn meditation and that maybe that was one of the things that actually really benefited me. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea what it was meant to do for me. I had zero expectations. I just literally thought I'm going to go away, try this because a friend said, I reckon you'd really like this. And I just fell in love with it. And like I said, it's this missing link, but I had a number of people saying, oh, there must be something wrong with you. You know, you need help, da, 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 da. And because there was so little awareness in Westernized cultures, to be honest, which obviously me being from America and living in Australia, both Westernized nations or countries, there wasn't a lot of awareness around it. Now, if I was in India or, you know what I mean, like Tibet, somewhere else where meditation is readily accepted. It's like, well, that wouldn't have been the same conversation, but here, 100%. And then the interesting thing happened too, when I would actually let people know that I really wanted to meditate, I needed some quiet time. You tend to find that sometimes people get a bit impacted by that. And in terms of, well, it makes them uncomfortable because I started empowering myself and saying, I need to do this for me. I need to nurture myself. So when I'd go home to the States and again, like, and everyone accepts it now, but at that time, again, going back to your question, I mean, people would just barge in the room if I was meditating, even if I had said, look, I'm going to go meditate. Can you give me 10 minutes? They barge in at first and then they realize, Oh, hang on a minute. This is something that she's really serious about. And really this is like what she wants to do. So I think though, having said that, it was the change that people started seeing in me that they said, wow, okay, something is happening here because she actually is changing. So it was once they started recognizing this change and why is she calmer and why is she able to get, you know, people again, like, you know, Paul and I, we have two boys. And at the time when I learned to meditate, they were two and almost four, three and a half. And people are like, how are you doing this? Like, how did you do this and navigate this? But, you know, really like fast forwarding, like two years going to about 2001 and two, and we're rocking up at things we had to do like outside, you know, like the little, what was it? Oz kick or something. How did you get, you know, what have you done? Like what you showed up, you're so calm and all together and all these things. And and then that's when people said to me, Hey, whatever you're doing, we want to learn. So by 2003, I started teaching meditation because so many people started saying, whatever you've done, we want to learn it too, because it really changed my whole entire world. 
How quickly did that impact you internally? I know you've got now, you're talking about external probably validation from other people, which I imagine would be very cool to prove it to people. But how quickly did it impact you? Was it something you were skeptical about initially when your friend recommended it? Can you even take us to that first session? Look, I was, to be honest, I wasn't skeptical. It's really funny. I was really open-minded. I've always been someone who I guess you want to call a seeker. I've always, I've always sought knowledge and, you know, I've always been a student, so to speak. So that for me to learn something new, that was fantastic. It's just in my nature, but I I was open to it. But I, I think the thing was, I started experiencing change in the first weekend. So for me, it's different for everyone, but I literally knew and it sounds funny, but when I was in, it was day two and we had, we would have, so we had instruction two full days and then a half evening. So it was like two and a half days and it was day two, the afternoon session. And it's a group setting because we're learning. We went into this meditation and this was what, and I guess this proved to me as well, how amazingly powerful our minds are. Unfortunately for this poor woman who was teaching us, you know, to meditate, we were, we were in Crow's Nest, which is in New South Wales, Sydney. And there was construction going on. So we had jackhammers going and she's trying to tell us about like, you know, outside of us, but you could really hear it. She's trying to lead this, this workshop about us quieting the mind, but we were able to still do it. So I'm in a meditation, jackhammers are going outside. And it was amazing though, that all of a sudden I felt this crack and it was this noise that I thought I might have taken every single person out of it. Now, this is my experience. I really want to preface that. So my, my neck cracked. I went like, oh my God, I broke my neck or something. Like what's just happened? And it was, it was fascinating to me. And what I understand now from, from all the time I've meditated was it was almost like I had all this stored energy, call it tension, dis-ease, whatever you want to call it within me. And literally by me relaxing and going to that space, my entire body released a big portion of it in one moment. And after that crack, I was just exhausted and I went, Oh my gosh, like, I, I couldn't believe how th- this transpired like instantaneously in one session. And I went, okay, again, this was my journey because I don't like getting into comparisons, but I just recognized straight away. There's something in this. And I obviously, you know, if not for anything else, I could recognize that is a sign. I'm, I need to slow down and unwind. I'm exhausted and, you know, I thought I just broke my neck just from sitting here. So it was a bit of a dude, you know, one of those moments. Probably just touched on the next question I want to ask was in terms of slowing down and, and how busy life is. And we're all very guilty of it. You know, we even a lot of the time we think we're busy, but we're, we're not really that busy. We're just trying to be busy to feel like we're achieving or we're ticking the to do list off. I guess this state of stillness and, and and knowing, you know, what, what, what is my body actually doing, having that self-awareness, how do, does someone, I don't want to say how do they get started, but how does someone who lives a busy life find the time to do this? Because that's obviously the biggest obstacle is, oh, I don't have time, Tammy. Yeah, okay, so great question. Two things I just want to preface here because we really haven't gone into it. One, I just want to give you my definition of what meditation is because it's going to help answer your question. Meditation is literally learning to relax the body, quiet the mind, so it's a form of relaxation. So if you think about it in that terms, it's really simplified. That's what meditation is. I am sitting, I'm being still. So the body starts to relax. And as the body starts to relax and I'm focusing on my breath, what you notice is that your awareness draws inward and your thoughts start to lessen. So you're creating this sense of space. 
The average human being has 70,000 thoughts a day. Most of those are unconscious. All right. Science has proven all of these. Yeah. With numerous studies, you know, when I did my PhD, there was at the time, this is in 2007, there was 800 research and review papers already printed. And I know for a fact, since, I mean, it's in the, it's, it's, you know, like upwards of 2000 papers now written on the benefits of, of meditation. There's so many being released all the time in all these studies. So the reality is it's a practice that again, when you say we're so busy, yeah, we are busy, but, and the big paradox about meditation is the more that you meditate, you create more time in your day. So I'm going to have to explain what that means because people go, yeah, you are asking me to stop. I'm telling you I'm too busy. I'm telling you I don't have a minute to myself and I cannot find another five minutes. So the reality is I would, I would actually challenge everyone. How can you not find the time when you understand what the benefits are of meditation. So I just said to you, you actually learn and the paradox is to manage your time more effectively and efficiently. So you create time. The reason being is your left and right hemisphere of your brain becomes coordinated when you meditate. So that allows you to have this focus, this clarity of thinking, everything is aligned. It's orderly functioning of your brain. So what that means is you can then obviously use procrastination lessons, Again, your critical thinking, all this orderly functioning, you know, increases. So again, I get much more, I'm become much more efficient with my time. I tick the boxes and get things done. The number one benefit is my reduction of stress and, and um, anxiety when I meditate. So that's number one across the board for anyone. So if I'm feeling less stress, less anxiety, I've got greater clarity of thinking, I'm procrastinating less. My immune system is enhanced. Okay. A study that came out of, um, Rutgers University last year said that a six-week consistent practice of meditation boosts your immune system, and again, naturally, by 37%. So you have to consider these benefits that meditation gives to you. So you know that your immune system is enhanced, your energy um, levels increase, sleeping patterns are improved. All right, so when, when you meditate, you get out of fight or flight, so you actually get out of the, the parasympathetic nervous system into the sympathetic nervous system. So you get into rest and digest. So instead of thinking of your foot always on the accelerator going, I have to go 100 miles an hour. Here I am. Oh, that was very American. 100, so 150 Ks or whatever. So putting, you know, I'm putting my foot to the, to, the, to the ground in the car. This is about pausing, pulling back, resting. So you get into rest and digest, which is why the body is nurtured and starts healing. And in that space, so what happens too, and why I'm saying the sleep is, is improved is we start creating, you know, there's less cortisol levels, so less stress, right? Your muscles are oxygenated. There's this whole healing state that occurs. We start increasing melatonin production, and that means our sleep improves. There's a direct link. So there's all these facets that you start to benefit from a meditation practice by what it is. So when you say... I don't have the time. I'm like, but how can you afford not to when all these other things are being enhanced? And if I want to show up to life at my optimal level, feeling the best I can be in Tammy, because at the end of the day, our health is a personal responsibility. It's no one else's. It's mine. I have to choose what I'm going to do, be it exercise, sleeping, nutrition, how much water I drink, etc. Am I going to meditate? All of those boxes, that's on me. No one else can do that for me, right? So understanding that I think is really critical. 
And for any of your listeners here, you know, I think most of you probably have heard of the Dalai Lama at some point in life. The Dalai Lama said, if you can't find 10 minutes in your day to meditate, then you actually need to find 20. Because that's how important this is to you. So you have to think about it. It's a, it's a priority. So set your alarm 10 minutes earlier in the morning. If you know you're getting a more restful sleep from meditating, you know, where you're actually, all of your systems are being enhanced. Again, everything that I talked about, then taking that 10 minutes to do this and knowing your day is going to go into so much more flow. And, you know, think about that. What does flow look like? Flow for me is knowing I can create space in my day so I can really generate mindfulness. I've got the space to know what I need to do in this moment. So I'm not reactive. I'm responsive. So when we get hijacked at the moment, we hear a lot of people talking about how the news is impacting them. They're hijacked out of their center because fear is coming and they go off on a tangent and then it spirals, doesn't it? And then that thought goes to another thought, which goes to another thought and you get hijacked. And then there goes your day because you've been taken out of your center and you're out of your place of balance, right? So you're creating a balance when you meditate between your external world and your internal world. But if I nurture this state, my inner world, I'm going to have the greatest benefits. I love that. It's almost like you can't afford not to. It's, it's really interesting. I love the way well, you, 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 you literally, I mean, this is a, this is a non-negotiable. So Paul and I now have been meditating for uh, 22, almost 23 years. It's a daily practice. It's every single morning. It's how I start my day because I want to set myself up for the day ahead. Now that actually doesn't mean I don't meditate again in the evening. If I feel like I've been overwhelmed, I can sit up in bed and I can meditate and get myself ready for a really restful state of sleep. I guess because I've got such an awareness of how powerful it is, and then I can take myself into a state of feeling very calm and at peace, regardless of what's going on around me, that's an empowering state to be in. I was just going to ask, like you mentioned 22 years and not missing a day. Oh, what I'm saying is it's my non-negotiable. I probably, but in all honesty, I think if in, you know, in a 365 day, I'm maybe there's five days I've missed in a year. Like it's just, it, it's so important to me. I just, it's just, we don't miss. Does that's that make still, sense? That's yeah. not a bad hit rate. No, it's, yeah. it's, uh, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> so, because uh, I was actually interested when you're talking about sleep, because when I think of meditation, I, I always think first thing in the morning, which I think is probably what most people do. For somebody that just wants to get started, do you recommend morning do you recommend night or do you recommend both or is it just when you feel like you have to oh could i say yes to all of those sure <laughs> I think that's that's the biggest thing it's an individual choice it's what resonates with you what works for you too many people get caught up in thinking it has to be this way or else it's not does that make sense so they they think oh well you know so then i mean the, the big thing with meditation i always tell everyone is there's no failure in meditation. Even if it's three minutes a day, if it's five, if it's 10, if it's 30, there's no way you can fail with meditation because the benefits are always being experienced. How you fail, if you want to use that word, is by not doing it. Because you cannot reap these benefits. Literally, there is no pill. Science does not have a pill that you can take that is going to give you the benefits that meditation does physiologically to your body or mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. It just, it's not there. This is a natural practice that enhances all those areas. So if you want to set your day up, 100%. I'll give you an example of my meditations and how I set up my day, all right? So I meditate first thing in the morning. So for myself, I like to get up. 
I go, I splash water on my face, I brush my teeth. That's just, that's how I've always started. I go back to bed and I sit up in bed and I just have my back is supported with a pillow across my lower back. If it's cold, obviously I've got the dinner to keep me, keep me warm because your core body temperature drops when you meditate. So you always want to know you want to be warm. You don't want to be cold meditating. Your body's working too hard at keeping up an optimal body temperature. So I am warm. I also have not done any movement. I have not touched my mobile phone. Okay, that's a little tip there, guys, because you don't want your mind to start going into what I have to do today. So I sit up and I meditate. In the meditation, at the end of the meditation, I then go into gratitude. What am I thankful for in this moment? Because I know if I've practiced gratitude, I bring more positivity and positive emotions because it it 100% enhances even more. Yes, my meditation, I'm in the now. This just kind of like solidified, you know, because it's this minute. Because I want to feel a response in my body that says, oh, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. As soon as I feel that, I know I've got it. I'm practicing gratitude. Those positive emotions have come my way. I set my intention for my day with love, ease, and grace. I always ended on that. I, that's how I want my day to unfold. I see those things happening. And it's like, I'm ready to go. I say, you know, my thank you, my prayers. Like, I just say thank you, you know, because it, it's really interesting, but I'm, I'm really grateful. Yeah, so I'm really grateful. So I say my thank yous and I get up and my day begins. But the second thing is, then I hydrate. We dehydrate so much overnight and most people don't understand that. So I drink a really big glass of water, I have a big glass of water. And then my, I'll have my warm water with fresh lemon juice squeezed in it. You know, like that is the start. And then there's movement. So today meditated water, lemon tea, and we already went for my walk. Okay. So that has, that is my daily small steps that start my day to get me going. It's proactive and it like, it's like a fuel. Yeah. So I love the term you said, which is non-negotiable, which I, I use that a lot. I've got a lot of daily non-negotiables. And unfortunately, I think so many of us, we, we, well, we know sleep is good for us. We know eating good food is good for us. We know exercise is good for us. And we know drinking water is good for us. But when you go into, say, a doctor and you might have, you might be a bit sick, he might give you some medicine or whatever and help you feel better. But listening to you, one of those main non-negotiables should be meditation it should be being with your mind and your breath you know what why why is it that maybe so many of us are uneducated on this topic look that, i mean god i wish i you know what i really wish i knew the answer to that i have to be really honest it, it would make my life so much easier <laughs> i could just tell people this is why but look i think and i i'll be really honest here i don't think people prioritize their health and that's fundamentally why they want a quick fix they want a magic pill and they don't want to put the work in. All right. And that's fundamentally where we're at. This is why this whole concept of personal responsibility really triggers people. If when you tell people to get responsible for their own health, because they want, we've, and I think as well, and, and, and from that space of absolute compassion, because it's not a judgment, I get it. A lot of people feel re- really busy. Perhaps a lot of people, it's never entered their sphere of awareness. They have not heard about it. Um, some have heard, you know, all the myths about meditation. You've got to sit in a contortionist pose or I'm going to have to chant, or, you know, like I have to go off to a cave. There's so many things that potentially, or my, my parents said it was nonsense or my partner says it's nonsense or I don't feel supported. There's so many excuses that people make that actually take them out of a state of trying to empower themselves. And then they play the, not so much the victim, but 
I've got no control. I've got no choice. And we always, always have choice. Every single day we wake up and we make numerous choices. What am I, what's the first thing I'm going to do? And what am I going to wear today? What email am I going to answer? Am I going to exercise? So all these things. But when you ask why, why aren't people more aware of it? I think part of this is technology. Part of it is we've become so ingrained and we know in Australia that Australia has more devices per capita than any other device, um, sorry, country in the world. So Australians are actually addicted to their devices in a way. And I say that kindly, it's just, they, they love it. So that's fine. It's not a negative. However, has it ransacked your life? As in, has it taken you away from everything else? Can you actually leave and go out of your house without a mobile phone or turn your devices off for at least one hour a day? So if I take my mobile phone, okay, and I think about this, and I was to walk out of my house and it was at 17% battery, I would panic because I'd be going, how am I going to charge this up? How am I going to charge it up? It might run out of battery. It might run out of battery. But when have you stopped to think, when have I charged my mind? When have I given my mind a rest? So we're more worried or preoccupied with the idea of charging our phone than we are our own health. So you know how you look at your phone too and you can see the batteries. You can yeah. see the battery life. You can see, oh my God, it's getting low. It's getting low. We don't ever consider that with us. When have we plugged in, which is how I view meditation, to recharge myself. So I want to start my day with 100% battery. That's an awesome analogy. Can I ask, Tammy, because I, I love and on the same sort of path of non-negotiable. So Doss and I, we were both overweight kids and we went through a very hardcore fitness stage. And for me, similar to you, it resonated with me. I think I went to the gym, I think I counted 360 days out of 365 one year and that was my non-negotiable. But on those five days that I missed, it played with me psychologically. And I just want to know from your personal experience on those rare occasions that you miss that day, do you find a negative effect either psychologically or physically? And I'll just be interested to know that. Uh, Yes and yes (laughs) to both. You do just because I guess I know that I'm not feeling as on top of my game. And then I think, Oh, why did, why didn't I just prioritize that? Why, how did I let that go? And what, what was so much more important that I let this go when I know how I can operate if I had done it. Because everything else goes in flow. Like it's so much easier when I've done it. But I think the thing is we have to give ourselves a break. It's not, this whole idea about perfection is just an illusion. There is no perfect. I speak to a lot of people about this. The idea or the word perfection or perfect. What does it mean to be perfect? It's going to be different for each of us. But when you start to have this awareness of this inner world, then you realize, oh, hang on a minute. Is that a dictionary's idea of perfect? Is this this person or is it mine? Like, and why am I trying to, to do something? What, what is perfect? That's, it's actually a false notion. There is no idea of perfect. It's simply what works for you. Does that make sense? So it's yeah. not this idea of I have to be perfect. I think the number one thing, especially like you, so you mentioned weight. I've spoken to so many people that, you know, I'm going to go on a diet and they look at dieting as almost a punishment somehow they've been bad. So I'm going to deprive myself of this food. And it's like, I'm going to starve myself and I'm going to do these things. So the the thinking around that is actually from a negative standpoint, because they think they've done something wrong. Okay. So no, flip that around. I'm going to eat food that fuels my body. I'm going to eat food that energizes my body. 
if I want to have that piece of chocolate or if I'm going to have that beer or whatever it might be that tends to be something that is your go-to, okay, the next day you refrain from it and you get back on track. What fuels my body? What do I need? I'm sure some of you heard about, you know, the rainbow. When you look on your plate, you should see the rainbow of colors. Is it, is it balanced? So it's, I think we're too hard on ourselves sometimes. Yeah. So we have to give ourselves I guess, credit for doing the best that we can. And I do believe people are truly doing the best they can each and every day because they're showing up to their day at their level of awareness. What I find challenging though is when people say there's no other options. Now we know that that is an incorrect statement. That's false. There's always options because we all have choice. So it's about learning to prioritize your health. So for me, again, and, and, you know, and I know people get really triggered when I say your health is your own responsibility, because guess what? A lot of people don't want to know that. A lot of people don't want to know that. And I go, but hang on, I'm the one, no one's got a gun to my head saying, eat this, drink this, go exercise, go meditate. I have to choose to empower myself. No one is forcing me to do this. I'm doing this because I'm valuing my health. And one of the big things that really worked for me and might be a great exercise for any of your listeners is go, okay, well, what brings you joy or what is your priorities in life? And for me, my family's like a number one, right? My family's number one. I, and my two boys, my husband, like that's what feel like that's a big part of my life. And we're all very active, but I want to be able to go. And when we have our trips or we do our things, I still want to be able to keep up with my boys. <laughs> I want to be fit. I want to be healthy because I don't want to be the one sitting there going, I can't do it because of X, Y, Z, because I chose not to value my health. Now I'm not talking about people that have got a medical condition and something that they, that they can't do anything about. I'm not referring to those, but I think each and every one of us can do things that absolutely highlights or helps to nurture our body and look after the body, you know, as it should be. Yeah. So this is where I feel that all of us can really look at what's going on in our own day-to-day lives. And if there's areas of our life that we, that we're saying, I'd love to improve that. But again, like I said, when I looked at that and I went, you know what, my family traveling has always been a big thing for us, but we always do like adventure holidays because the boys are, you know, it's action packed. Is it whitewater rafting or it's a hike or a trek or whatever? It's like, what are we doing? So I know for me, I want to do this as long as I can because my joy comes from the boys and Paul. Does that make sense? And, and feeling in good health. I don't want to do those things dragging myself or being in pain or thinking, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever done. How does that serve me? So I want to be healthy. So I feel good when I do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing you say that, and it's such a great reminder. It's a privilege to, to have a, a body and to look after it. And you know, it it's, it's, it should be our duty to do that. It's the one, it's the one thing that we've been given really like physically it's what we have. And yeah. so many of us, we, I don't know if it's because we, we don't have that broadened sense of awareness like because we are just this tiny little speck of what is the universe we think we're very important and think life will live forever will live forever and there's everything yeah but it doesn't i'm keen to find out tammy how by you doing meditation yourself how it affects the people around you so when you said technology the first thing i thought of was when i'm at a coffee shop not getting on my phone actually having a conversation Mm. or noticing the smell or 
what is in the what is in the shop like can you explain to us the impact meditation in your experience has had on other people around you yeah so the more that i meditate what i see what i feel and what i experience is that because i'm in a state of calm energy precedes you walking into a room always remember that so if i walk into a room and i'm calm and i'm feeling balanced or feeling of good health or or my i'm positive emotions energy precedes me so i walk in and then other people feel that so whenever i'm teaching people i say remember you're adding to the light of the world and that's a pretty cool concept if i fill myself up and we know there's interconnectedness we're all one we're all interconnected when i walk into a room then i am positively impacting others so my family environment and it's really interesting because you know i'll i'll witness when the boys you know in the past you know friends come over or whatever when we were allowed to do that <laughs> and they'd be like wow your house is so peaceful and you know that that is unreal like it's just a calming presence right so i think that that is an extension of the energy that we're creating within us then even goes to our environment you all know what it's like and i'm sure everyone who's listening to this has had that sense where you're some place you could be in a party or something and something happens or someone walks in and you go whoa like that person is in the worst mood and you can feel it it's like it's just coming off of them and you go oh my gosh like and you just go oh i got to exit or oh you know like it's just like here comes this doom cloud or you could feel anger in your room if you walk in and you go i don't know what just happened but it, it like something is very off our intuition is there for everyone but if you don't use it you lose it right let's like the saying but but it's there for all of us we're all born with intuition and we pick up on that energy so we feel it but if i know i'm adding to the light of the world in myself and it spreads to others then what a beautiful gift that is you're gifting to yourself first but as a byproduct you're gifting to everyone else around you and i could not think of something better that we can all do for ourselves you both said something before though too about i think one of the big things is we so easily recognize even in 2021 and you've said before how it's become this commonplace it's kind of like everyone's talking about mental health right now and meditation and mindfulness and a lot more people speak about it but it's still not as accepted as you would think because it's a bit out there but we know because it's been years of so called witnessing or experiencing go to the gym do pilates go to yoga go for a run get on the bike go for a swim we've been told like uh, you know growing up in the states we had this award called the presidential fitness award we had to do it every single year and it started in primary years and there was all these things that we had to do to get this badge and we got a badge and it had like the eagle on it the usa president you know so you had to do like how many sit ups long jump running everything was about your physical fitness because it was a priority to stay healthy right but then you knew as well okay eat your four food groups you know make sure you drink enough water no one was talking about loving the mind all right and when you think about it it's like wow my mind my you know think about what our this amazing our mind does for us day in and day out 365 days a year 24/7 yeah there's no time out you can't ask it to quit and you can't you know so you're like going hang on a minute i need to give it a rest i need to give it a pause i need to love my mind so it's nurtured and as that space creates and you feel that true sense of calm and peace that enters it's like your mind just goes oh thank god you've turned me off and mm. honestly it feels that way 
I can say that, you know, hand on my heart because that is the experience I get when I meditate. When I drop in, it's just like, I'm just, I'm giving myself permission to let go and surrender, just relax. I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I'm not asking myself to think. And in that moment, I know that all is well. Nothing else, nothing else is going on. And all is well. And it's really important to grasp that because right now, in this current environment of 2021, people are being incredibly impacted. There is a lot of internal suffering occurring because people are trying to deny their emotions. And I'm really serious about this. The denial of our emotions is the single greatest cause of human suffering. If we try to keep everything in, if we try to be the robot, if we try to say that, you know, she'll be right, da 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 that's not, that's actually avoidance. So allow yourself just to feel, allow yourself to let things move out and you let the energy pass when you meditate. If you're sad, you're sad, own it. If you're happy, you're happy. If you're frustrated, you're frustrated. It is not again about being robots. Mm. Understand we are all, we are human beings, but we all, and we all have emotions and the emotions are simply an energy. It's just, that's all it is. It's an energy. So instead of, you know, getting to the point where we feel so overwhelmed or, you know, I used to get like my shoulders. I used to feel like someone was like, like, you know, knife mm. in the back of your shoulder. Cause I held all my tension there. Well, what is that showing me? My body is giving me a physical example of stress or dis-ease. So not disease, dis-ease in my body that I need to release. So how will I do that? Is it a meditation? Do I require to walk outside and just do some breathing exercises? Is it movement? Is it stopping? Is it shutting my computer off, turning the phone off, and just letting myself just be for an hour? So do you, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm mm. actually really tuning into what's going on. But if we deny this internal space, the only one we're hurting is ourselves. I'm interested, Tammy, you're talking about tuning in and I, I find that really fascinating. And one of the other things that we've all sort of, we've heard a lot of suffering in the last year or year and a half is that relationships. So husbands, spouses, partners, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your relationship with Paul, obviously he's high profile, been in the public eye, stressful job, and you guys have been meditating together for a long time. Hearing all these issues at the moment with people in their relationships, has meditating either together or both personally but practicing it each day has that been a pillar of your marriage is it something that you found strength in i'm just interested in that aspect of your life that's such a beautiful question well it's obviously for both of us it's a huge priority so and i guess you could call it a pillar of our marriage yeah because we both understand how important it is for us to show up the best example you know or the best version of ourselves so we can then be that for each other or for the boys or for you know for people in our lives and the thing too and one thing i didn't highlight as well is if you understand what stress does stress impacts every single area of our of our life right physically and mentally emotionally and spiritually we know that stress creates this disease in the body we know as well that the number one precursor to poor communication is stress. So think about that. So when you talk about relationships, so that could be husband, wife, children, your best friend, your colleagues at work. If you're not communicating effectively because you're stressed, how is that going to change if you keep going at it in the same way? So we have to come in from a different face to create a different result. If you want a different result, 
You have to come in from a different space. And that's why if I come back to myself and I nurture myself and I lift myself or my vibration up by creating more light, space, peace, and calm, then I can have better communication skills with everyone around me, okay? We also know the number one emotion that depletes our immune system the most is worry, to worry, right? So if you're a worrier, there's a number one emotion that depletes your immune system. Because the reality is you're just worrying. You're just endlessly recycling thought after thought after thought to a tangent, to another tangent. To, whereas, and, but you have to ask yourself, is it changing any of my results by worrying? What's changing? Nothing. I'm a worrier. I'm a big worrier. Yeah. And, you know, it's something I battle with every single day. And, and, but we all do. We all worry from time to time. But like you said, there's some that worry more than others. I want to Ask go yourself, into... Though, can I just like... Yeah, go, really go. Love this. Is it going to make a difference you're worrying? Because no. the only one that we can control is ourself. Yeah. I don't control what you do, say, think or feel or anyone else. Okay? And, 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 I, and that is a really big trigger for a lot of people when they realize that. I can only control my responses, my actions my thoughts, right? I, so to worry is like, and yeah, it doesn't mean I don't worry. So let me preface that now. I'm not trying to, but I'm very aware. I bring awareness to the fact that, hang on a minute, this is not helping me. So I can short circuit it quickly now because I've got the awareness to do so and go, worrying about this is not going to change the result. All I can do is stick to these steps or do these things because I'm only in control of me. So if I said, oh, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to make sure that Tyler does this or Dylan, one of the boys, no, that's up to them. You know, their world is their world. They've got their own, you know what I mean? We all do. So understand that, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a really, I think when you worry as well, the other thing that I start to notice is that people then feel so out of control, right? Because they're still thinking that they're controlling all these aspects just by worrying about them. But in reality, that's just the illusion because they're, it's just us. It's yeah. all back to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm smiling, hun, because so many people do it. It's like, you can't judge yourself on that. Every single challenge that we face in our life is an opportunity to learn and grow. So always understand that too. It's a lesson. How am I going to grow from this experience? What did I learn? What, you know, what am I feeling into? Yeah, because we once, as soon as we look at it and go, oh, that's that, that's that. Yeah, I can feel into that emotion. Why, why am I so angry right now? And I really think about it or contemplate and go into that feeling. Why am I angry? And then a couple things might pop up. I might even get a memory from when I was a child. We go, oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah. And I go, oh, and I just got triggered. And look at how long have I held on to that? Can I let that go? How does someone say no? You mentioned at the start the power to say no. And oh, you were always a very yeah. much a yes person and a people pleaser. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of people listening that are the same. How do you, stop, how do you start saying no? Because it is hard to say no to especially people you love. 100%. And it's challenging. It's not easy at first. And I didn't recognize what a, how much of a yes person. In the end, I started telling people I had an S for sucker on my forehead. Yeah. I said, because I used to say yes to everything. And, and I realized the only person I was really abusing or hurting, like I said, was myself in that. 
But the more I meditated, and I'm telling you, it, it took me a couple of years to really get this down. Let me be really honest here because it was a constant day. Like, man, I owned being the yes person. I owned it. I had that down. I, I, could, I could get the gold medal in it. So I was like, yeah. you know, I, I own that space. So I had to do a lot of undoing, unprogramming, so to speak, through my daily meditations to just realize I can do this and I can owe it to myself. And, I, I, you know, and, and I'll share with you the first time I truly had to step into it and just say no and be okay with it. And I'm not, and my heart was pounding because I was such a yes person. And literally I was in, you know, the classroom, I was in one of the boys classes and I decided after having been the class parent for both boys classes for two years running, I didn't have to beat anymore because I was starting to learn that I actually was doing it out of a misplaced sense of responsibility, a feeling guilty that I had to say yes. And just because I wanted to be the people pleaser, right? So I had a lot of things I was working out here. And um, when the vote came, they didn't have a class parent. Like no one was putting their hand up. And literally about five parents turned and looked at me and said, well, why aren't you doing it again? And that just showed me right there. It's like, hang on a minute. I have done this for two years. Not one of you put your hand up. And I remember looking at this woman and going, I actually don't have time to do it. And you know what? I'm sure that one of you in this room, I've done it for two years. I said, I've, I've done this. I said, there is someone here that would actually probably love the opportunity to do this. It was just an acknowledging that even though the heart was pounding that I could say no. And a hundred percent, she did not like that I said no, but I was okay with that because really it was like, hang on a minute. So you want me to so-called put myself lower than what you want me to do. Does that make sense? Like I was yeah. playing yep. less than her attitude towards me. So I was like, wow, that's a projection on me. But then the interesting thing happened. A woman was in the classroom. She goes, I know I don't know a lot of you, but I do have time and I would love to get to know the kids more and all of you more. Perfect. It helped her. I helped myself. And then as a byproduct, she helped herself. And then this woman had to really almost sit back and think about, well, you know, because there was no energy. I didn't respond in anger. I was very centered, very calm you know, outside, even though my heart was pounding to be able to stand up and say, no, thank you. But it was a lesson for her as well. You know, there is other people out there and other options. Yeah. And I actually did say to her, why don't you do it then? Oh, oh, like it was heaven forbid that I actually said to her, well, then you could please do this. I've done it for two years. So it's just interesting. And, and that's this idea of awareness because we're not aware of what we're doing half the time. Mm. We actually do things out of habit. It's so habitual. And we just go, how did I get in that habit? It's the same thing as when I say to people, what is your passion? They go, I actually have no idea. No one's ever asked me that. And then it goes into, well, what do you like? Or what do you dislike? Oh my gosh. You know, it's like never thought about that. And then you go, well, do you like doing that? Actually, I don't. Why am I doing this then? You know, like it's like, so you start to really, because but when our minds are busy, our days are busy, life is busy, and we get caught up on that merry-go-round, it is very challenging, near to impossible to hear the internal wisdom that's in us saying mm. yes or no. And then we become reactive rather than responsive. I love that you answered that. I think that's going to help so many people because we don't talk about saying no enough, do we? I think it's a great question from you as well. And But I love that, Tammy. It really spoke to me. But I also want to ask you too on that sort of same path of, I want to talk about manifestation. I'm really interested in this concept. Is it something you believe in practice? And if so, how? Oh, wow. That's such, a, that's such another conversation. To be <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, manifestation, obviously, 
you know, it's a frame of mind, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a way of being. And because I've studied the quantum field as well, when I did my PhD in, you know, quantum mechanics, quantum physics, and then I did some more work earlier this year for a few months, it's an energy. It's, you know, everything's this energy and you, you start to understand, wow, I can really tap into that, that mindset or that space. And I see what it is I'm visualizing coming to me, if that makes sense. What I'm visualizing isn't like, oh, like I win the lottery or whatever. What I'm visualizing is more around things that will serve my higher purpose, but also can potentially help others. Do you mean it's not just about me? So it's about how can I, you know, so that's, that's, it's just, I, I switch it into how if these, you know, it's like almost like visualizing that the highest outcome, the best case scenario is coming to me. But you can 100%, you have your goals, you have your ideas, you do have your dreams. And you put them out there almost like, like you hand it over, right? You hand it over to that higher power to say, I, this is what I'm seeing. And you, but you see it coming. Not you trying to get there, like breaking down walls to get there. You see it. So you then become the magnet that attracts it to you. So my vibration then magnetizes it to me that perfect opportunity where I can do X, Y, Z, right? So if it's like, I would love to manifest an opportunity to do more work overseas. So then it comes to me, I see that. So whatever that might be, it's not about limiting. Don't put too many, too many. I think sometimes people think that, you know, there's this glass ceiling and that the universe will only give you so much. And that's not how it works. The, you know, the universe is so abundant and there's so much on offer for everyone but and then all of a sudden, when you really realize, go, I can actually do this. Like my belief is there. My belief systems are so aligned with knowing the universe is going to support me. And I, and I had this experience a few years ago. Something happened. I just kind of just smiled. And I literally just heard these words that just entered my mind. It was the universe will always conspire with us to manifest our dreams. Because something had occurred that I was just so like, oh, like it's happened I heard the words and it's true. The universe will always conspire with us to manifest our dreams. Dee, can you share the story that you shared with me when you were in the car the other day with your sister? Like, And I know this is very small and silly, but <laughs> well, explain to Tammy, I guess, your hunger to want to learn more about manifestation and your couple of experiences. Well, it's just something, Tammy, that I'm, I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts about it. It's something I'm really interested in. Waiting any minute for a knock on the door from Amazon to drop a book off about manifestation. It's something that I'm just interested in. And my sister's... She's joined like a um, like a mastermind group. She's doing all this sort of early morning, um, goes to the beach, jumps in the water, and she's just learning to manifest. And she's talking about it. And just to give you a quick backstory, we come from a Christian background. So not that there's conflict, but when we were growing up, this space was often, we are told probably not to go into it because of potential conflict. I think it's changed a lot now and it could work mm-hmm. hand in hand. That's where we believe. So I know my sister's belief is that God is within us. And she can sort of, use manifestation in that way so we were driving to go and we got permission by the way we had to go and visit our dad he's he's disabled so we went on a long two-hour drive the other day to to visit him on father's day and we were just mucking around about manifestation and we just pressed shuffle on our phone to listen to all these these songs and she said wouldn't it be cool if we could manifest a song to come on i said no that that won't happen because it's a song i don't listen to and we picked a very specific song and what was the song uh, it was Adele Skyfall. I don't know why. That was Pippi's yeah. choice. She wanted that. And um, lo and behold, we met. We, we just said, oh, it's going to happen. And then, bang, third last song on the road trip, it was on. So, uh, so I'm like, that's it. Now I'm learning it. And I'm, I'm buying gonna, the book. Yeah, I'm buying the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's but you know what it's it's about infinite possibilities there is billions of possibilities and that's what people forget like and yeah and i believe along with your sister god is within me god is you know like that is 100 percent. and like you said i think people i mean it's such another that's you know sometimes our again whatever our experience were or our 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 family upbringing or if it's a religion or if it's our economic standpoint whatever a lot of factors start influencing our life right but it's so relevant. You know, I mean, I used to just play this joke with everyone. I'm going to manifest a parking spot right in front of this place that you can never get a park. And it would happen every single time, <laughs> um, you know, like every time, or I'd manifest going, you know what? I need this exact present, which would be something that'd be really challenging. And I'm going to find that. And I'm going to go to this shopping center and to this shop and bang, I would have manifested. And it's right there in front of me. And it'd be things that you go, that's so random. And I just manifested that. But that's this power of knowing it is possible. It is so infinitely possible, but it's about the belief, the belief, yeah? And it's not about, am I good enough? Or am I deserving enough? Or am I worthy enough? That's another discussion as well. It's none of those things. If you're open to it, Tammy, would you be able to give some advice to some people listening that they could take away today? Yes, we've heard the power of meditation and, and, and why it is so important and why we should do it. But starting is very challenging. So... Can you provide a simple format on how someone, whether it's a, a, whoever it is, to start? What, what, how should they start? So the first thing is to literally, in their diary, give themselves 10 minutes of time. I want you to diarize it because it has to become a priority. So you're going to put down if it's going to be, if you, raise, if you get up at 7 a.m. and you think, you know what, I'm going to set my alarm for 6.50, then at 6.50, wake up on my alarm and I'm going to do that 10 minutes. If it's like, you know what, I've got a break between 9 and 10, then at, you know, 9.15 to 9.25, whatever it is, you have put in that 10-minute block. And it really is going to help you start setting things up because you've got to, from a lot of people, they have to see it in their phone. Hang on, the alarm went off, whatever. I've got this now. Oh, upcoming, boom. This is my time for me. I'm nurturing myself. So first, make it a priority. The second is you have to show up. You have to do the work, right? So you have to sit down and just stop. And I, and I say this in a, in a funny way, but, and it sounds so simple, but people really don't think about it. People go, oh God, you know, but I need that 10 minutes of sleep or whatever. I go, but hang on a minute. It's like that 10 minutes. If you know all these benefits and you know, you're actually going to be in a more restful state and your day goes so much better and all these areas of your life become enhanced. Because the other thing is meditation is cumulative practice. So it's like going to the gym. The more you do something, the easier it gets or the stronger, the faster I'm going. Same thing with meditation, the stronger your mind muscles become. But it's you're building upon, it's like you're building your foundation, building, 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 right? So you're building those blocks. So you need to be consistent with the practice, which is why I'm saying put it in your diary and set aside a time. Can you do this for 21 days at this time? Set aside five or 10 minutes and just set it into a pattern. That would be the easiest way for you to set this up to make a change in your life. Perhaps you want to make it lunchtime. Okay, fine. You've got a break now. And I need to kind of do a little segue here, but in this break, because right now people are just working more hours than ever before because they're working at home and they're not really turning off when they would have if they were commuting to and from work or going out to a, for a lunch appointment with someone. Create the space. It's not about working all the time. We're talking about quality over quantity here. So you create those pauses. So, okay, 10 minutes. It was my lunch hour. I'm going to meditate. Before I have lunch 
because you never want to meditate on a full stomach or with caffeine in your system. Yeah, okay. you don't have your coffee and then go meditate. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Illogical. I didn't know That's that. Illogical. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad. So I'm glad I just said it. It's illogical to think I'm going to have a stimulation, which gets me up when I'm telling myself to come down. Yeah, so, so you want to. So that's why first thing in the morning, you've not eaten. You've not had any caffeine or sugar. Your body's already been at rest because you have, remember my definition again, you are learning to relax the body, quiet the mind, form of relaxation. So if I've just woken up, I've not touched my phone. I'm not in to-do list mode. I'm not into appointments or, or, or scrolling on my phone on Instagram. You've ticked so many boxes, right? Already to set up for an amazing meditation practice, setting your day up. So if it's midday, though, that's fine. So I'm going to do this 10 minutes. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to sit on a park bench or I'll sit on the grass or I'm going to find a quiet space at home, preferably room you like to be in. Don't pick the kitchen or pick your office where it's like, you know, it can be the office. Don't get me wrong, but choose a space where you feel you can relax naturally. All right. That really helps. So then you do your 10 minutes and then you come out of it and you go, beautiful. See how you go. I want to share a funny story with you just in, in that vein. So I think we can kind of end on a high here. When I was working with both the Swans and the Melbourne Demons, the football teams, and we're working with these athletes and they, they get it. They get it that there's, you know, the mind, like the benefits of looking after the mind. So when I went into Melbourne though, okay, the Swans were pretty easy. They knew me, but I was new to Melbourne. They didn't know me. We didn't have a relationship there. And Paul had decided we were going to make it compulsory for the team. The Swans had been, um, had been non-compulsory. In Melbourne, we made it compulsory because we knew the benefit. They had the diet, they had the training, but it was going to be about looking after what was above the shoulders you'd look after the mind. I let them in. I said, we, we did the talk. I did the talk to the entire club, even like their marketing, the GM, like the entire football department, the whole Melbourne football club was in this room. And I led them all through meditation. They're like, whoa. And I said, so this is what we're going to be doing. So then it was off, you know, the next week, just the players. And I said to them about what it does for an athlete. Yeah about their clarity of thinking, reaction times, their, you know, even your peripheral vision, all these things that we know helps the athlete, response times, et cetera. So we ran this meditation and unbeknownst to me, this was when, this was a, oh God, what year was this? 2014. And I forget some game that had come out that everyone was on their phones and they were having to find these secret spots around the city. And they found these, you guys would both remember, I'm sure. And they were all like playing off with each other. And yeah. it was, it was, Pokemon. Was it Pokemon? Was it Pokemon? Yes, thank you. So they're trying to find that. You know, they've got, they've got elevators and there's some, well, you got this many points and everyone was challenging. Anyway, I literally finished the meditation and the next day I saw them, they were like, oh my God, all of them had had their highest score they'd ever had. They literally left the room and started testing each other to prove that it worked. Wow. And that, but, and that was their first meditation and it worked. It worked. And they went, oh my gosh, what was that? We have just gotten our highest scores. So I, all these skeptics all of a sudden became, right, we're in there. Does that make, yeah. you know, like as in, I'm going to show up more. So I hope that, you know, there's so much on offer. I think, you know, my takeaway to anyone here is you're worth the effort. Like you are worth the effort. Your health is your health. It's a privilege to be on this planet. You know, we're alive. Like let's live life to the best most joyful, you know, potential that we have within all of us. There's miracles around us, but we have to nurture this inner state, prioritize the, you know, the inner world, love your mind. And yeah, that would be my takeaway. 
I, I love it, Tammy. There's, <laughs> I've got a million more questions, so we we'll have to do it again sometime. But before we let you go, you're a best-selling author as well. Because you're very humble, so you haven't mentioned that. So for people that have listened, they're interested. Firstly, what is your book and how can you get a copy of it? And secondly, if somebody's interested in actually working with you, what's the process there and who is yeah. your sort of target market? No, perfect. Well, my book is called Presence to Power, I Am the Gift. It's on Amazon. So you can get it in that in that way. It's very easy. And if you just go to my website, just www.tammyruse.com, I've got online programs there. You've got an option of Love Your Mind, which is for anyone looking for those one minute, three minute, five minute meditations. There's amazing. Um, there's all kinds of posts. There's video content, and it is a you know it's a format where you can go into that. There's Sandcastles, which is great for young children, and then I also have like my. I guess what you'd kind of call my premier program, which is Meditation Mindset. It's a six-week program. It's video content. There is um, a meditation for all the six weeks. So a different meditation each of those weeks. It builds on your practice. You do get a free copy of my book, an ebook copy of my book on that. There's also a journal in that. There's help sheets. There's ways that you can actually track how you're going. So that, again, is something that I, I feel is fantastic. And I also have my personal coaching, and that's there too. So you can hook up for a 15-minute meeting with me. We can have a chat and then work out if it's something that you want to do. But the target market, when you say that, you know, I, I'm not looking to prove anything to anyone. If you truly, if you truly value your health and you're wanting to do this, then yeah, give me myself a call. But if, if you're someone that I need to prove things to, then you'll probably find a different teacher for that. There's someone there that wants to go down that road. But um, my journey, 23 years doing the work, writing my, my, my um, PhD, my dissertation was on meditation, the cumulative effects mentally, physically, emotionally, and, and um, physically to the, to, you know, that was my dissertation. So the science, the background, I've got it. And I've, you know, I've, like I said, I've worked in this space for a long time, since 2003 and um, before it was so-called popular. <laughs> and so, yeah, so look, I think that would be the thing, but there's not, anyone can learn to meditate. Anyone can learn to empower themselves and start to do this work. We'll put a link for both your website and the book in, in our show notes. If anyone's interested, they can just click here but um wanna... i was just gonna say um tammy i just want to take this second to just to just acknowledge you and thank you for your time because mm. the message that you are spreading and sending we're gonna walk away from here and be hopefully spreading that to others because we've, i've learned so much today as much as i know d would have we're um, doing 21 days now so yeah, yeah. yeah. But just want to thank I'd you love to know how you go i'd love to know how you go i'd like to see a follow-up you can have a link to this, to this and to say here's how we went and the point is, if you forget a day, it's not about then going, it's over. Just then pick it up the yes. next day. Yeah? Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. For me as well, Tammy, thank you so much. It's um, It's been wonderful meeting you. I've, I've learned so much. I know our listeners would have as well. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for being so generous with your time and so open-minded to, to chatting with us. And, you know, we're relatively naive in this space, but, yeah, we've got a lot out of it. So, thank you. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm wishing all of you abundant blessings. And, uh, yeah, keep well all of you take care bye